Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Monday the 25th. 5th. 25th. Okay, whatever. Hi, Julie. She's been missing us terribly. So maybe someday she'll hear this. Hopefully. Okay, last week um, when we started this, I mean, um, you know, Linda um, had just lost her sweet husband and... Yes. On my end in Alabama, to hey, oh, two, two really good friends of mine lost their husbands. It was like three in a week, and um, I, I was just, um, you, you know, years ago I lost my brother in a car wreck, and those those losses, especially where you don't have a goodbye, you don't have any closure, there's nothing there. Um, they just rock your world, and. Um, it took me a long time, but the Lord gave me some really awesome revelation about it. And um, while I wasn't particularly excited about sharing it here, um, the Lord just kept me up all night um, on Wednesday night. It'd be two weeks ago now this Wednesday. Um, talking about this in my mind. I just couldn't get him to be quiet and let me sleep. And um, so I, I, I wrote it all down. And I'm sharing it because I think it's important. It still has to do with the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. It still does. Um, but just to kind of recap last week in a, in a, you know, in a short uh, clip, um, we talked about what we had learned about God himself. You know, he's uncontainable. He is everything. He he. You can't put him in anything. We try to put him in a temple. We try to stick him in a house in heaven. We try to, you know, do those things in our mind. But he is the house. He is the house. And everything that he ever created is in him. It, he made room in himself. The Hebrew people have it exactly right. Anything he's ever created, he made room in himself. So everything is within him. Because he, he has no boundaries. There's no way that you can wrap your, your mind. You know, how do you put light in a box? You know, how do you do that? You can't. You just can't. And um, so we have to think about God as being so much bigger than you and I ever imagined. So you and I were in God from the beginning. We came out from God and were put into a human body. But we are still... Spirit-wise, we are of God. We are made of His stuff. We are in His image and we are in His likeness. And you can't separate yourself from that. That's what we're made like. Not only that, but then He made each one of us unique in every way possible and um, gave us a calling and a plan for our lives that nobody else can do like we can. It, we're so... Like David says, fearfully and wonderfully and awesomely made. That we can't even fathom what that is. 
But um, when he placed us in a human body, we took on another connection in a dimension of materiality that we hadn't known prior to that. Um, we were of the spirit. And now we are of the flesh. And most of the time for us, the flesh seems to be the reality. However, the truth is, is like Paul says, we look at the unseen rather than the seen. Because the unseen is eternal. The seen is temporal. Everything changes. It's subject to change. So this body, Paul calls it a tent or a house. The other thing he calls it is an earthen vessel. And um, this earthen vessel is made for one reason. So that you and I, the spirit being, can accomplish what God wants to accomplish in this material realm by Him through us. So we've been given this material body so that we're able to walk around in a material world and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Okay, That's what this body's for. But it's nothing more than a vessel. That's all this body is. It's a machine that allows us to touch a material world. If the body falls off, you're still there. You have not gone anywhere. You're still there. Okay. Now, having said all that, um, you know, when, when we start to think about being born again, when we, we become children of God, there, um, let me see how I can explain this. Okay. When you're born, your flesh body... And I love this too because God is so awesome. Everything that is material springs from the earth. Okay? No matter what it is, if the rocks crumble, if the leaves fall, if the trees die, if the people die, we all return to the soil of the earth. That's what we are. Everything. So in the material, we're all connected. So that what Adam did... 4,000 years ago in that garden affected all of us, including the plant and the animal life, because we're all connected. Nothing is disconnected in the material. Well, the same thing happens in the spirit realm. We are never disconnected in the spirit realm. But when Adam fell, what he lost was that ability to be intimate with God because the very presence of God cannot be in the presence of sin in a fallen nature. It just can't be. And so he lost that intimacy. Now, was Adam still a light being? Yes. He was still a light being. But it was a darkened light. Um, go to Matthew. Because I want you to get this picture. As many times as I, I read this, it's very cool. So that you can see you're still a light being. But it's as if a pall or a veil or a separation has dampened your light. Okay? We're still all made of God. The essence of God. We're still a spirit being. We're still in a material body. But that awesome anointing, the presence of the Holy Spirit is not with us. Okay? Um, go to Matthew 6. <clears throat> and in these two verses it's kind of interesting because light has three different meanings in these two verses 
There are three different words for light in these verses. Okay? Okay. The first word for light is like a flickering candle, you know, okay? So, the light of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. In other words, if your eye is focused, because he had just finished saying, blessed are those who are um, uh, of one, well, let me find it for you. Um, where is it? Pure in heart. That means singleness of eye. We're in verse 22 and 23. Okay. So, if your eye be single, if you're focused on the living God, then your whole body will be full of light. Now, that light is illumination. Like brilliance. Okay. Your whole body. If you're looking at God, your whole body is full of that illumination. If you're focused on God, you know, if you belong to Him. But if your eye is evil, crooked, looking in a different direction, then your whole body be full of darkness. So most of us stop there. But that's not what he's saying. You're not a dark being even then. He says, and if therefore your light, and that light is the word phos, for phosphorus, which is that glowing light that has no beginning or no end and is, and is perpetually illuminating. Okay? Um, if that light in you is dark, how great is that darkness? So if the phos in you, that light of you, the essence of God that's in you is darkened, how great is that darkness? That's what he's saying. So we're all still light beings, but without the presence of the living God, we are not flooded with light and the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? There is light and there's more light. Okay? Now, once you are born again, you become absolutely full of light. And your whole being is transformed. In other words, you go, you receive the seed of God in your spirit. And therefore, you literally become a part of Him. Okay. You have His DNA in you. Now, you are never going to be separated from Him no matter what. That's never going to happen. So when you and I sitting around this table are born again, we become literally a part of the body of Christ, Christos, the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. And that is eternal. There is no time, no place, nowhere, no how that you and I will ever be separated from God. Never. Can't happen. Ever. Okay, so it doesn't matter whether I'm in Kalamazoo or whether I'm here, we are still one in the Spirit. That's why Paul says, um, I may not be with you right now in the flesh, but my Spirit is there because we are always one in the Spirit. And he is absolutely right about that. We are one in the Spirit. So if you're looking at, at this world... Um, and you're looking at it in a reality that, um, that God looks at. You know, he sees us as a spirit being that belongs to him. Alright? And he sees all of us as being part of him. 
And we're never going to be anything but that. The only issue is this tent, this earthen vessel. Okay? Um, the picture God gave me was of a, a, like if you're standing in the ocean, standing by the ocean. You know, the ocean still wraps around the land. The water still, you know, whether it's salt or otherwise, you have that circular motion where the, you know, the wind picks up the, the water, carries it over the land, it rains, runs right back down to the ocean. You've seen the circle in the science books, okay. So the water is always in, within even the land, you know. It's, it's a part of it. But if you have this earthen vessel, you can scoop up ocean water in the vessel and use that, that ocean water for a directed purpose. For us at the beach, it's usually to keep critters in. You know, we've done that a few times. You know, or to build a sandcastle. You know, or to wash the sand off of so many thousands of little sandy legs before you go up. But there's always a purpose, a specific purpose for the water that's been scooped up. Now, the composition of that water is still the same as the ocean. It's still a part of the ocean. Okay. So it's still in the ocean and the ocean is still in it. Composition wise. It's just that that earthen vessel has allowed us to purpose a portion of that for a use in a material world, you know, in a, in a dry world. Okay. So if that vessel would crack, if it breaks, just the vessel breaks, the water's going to run right back into the ocean because it's a part of the ocean. And you are never, ever going to be able to separate that specific jar full of water again. What we've lost and what's broken is the vessel, but not the water. The water is still whole. The water is still sound. The water is still useful. The water is still full of power, okay? And the water is still at our um, fingertips. You can get in that water, and if you're like me, you've been rolled up on it, and the water's gotten in you. So you can have it in you, and you can be in it. Right? The water. Even, even though you're, you still have an earthen vessel, you can still be a part of that water. Right? Okay. So when you start to think about us as beings, then you have to remember that this part of us is, is not the reality. It's the spirit realm. That's the reality. Okay. Um, and the nanosecond that your body stops functioning, the real you is just permanently present with the living God. To be absent for the body is to be present with the Lord. Just like that. It's not, um, you know, we have, because we saw Jesus taken up, because we saw Elijah taken up, I think we've gotten in our minds that heaven is somewhere geographically speaking, you know, that it's separated from us in some other place, but it isn't. It's in a different dimension than us. It's in an entirely different dimension than us. And um, you and I, you know, as spirit beings, God gives us images that we can understand, you know, so that when we have... Um, uh, men like Isaiah and Daniel who have seen the throne room of God, all they see on the throne is this brilliant light. They don't really see uh, the God like you and I would think, but we see a throne and we see this brilliant light. 
And the Son of Man always steps out of the light. You know, he always comes to the throne or whatever. But we see the Son of Man because we see a body. A physical body with him. But God himself, no. We don't, we don't have any ideas about what, what he looks like. You know, really. Other than to look in the mirror and say we're made in his image. In some fashion. Okay. Now. What does that mean for us? Okay, There's some things that we can know for certain. First of all, we know we are eternal beings. That no one ever ceases to exist. Ever. Nobody. Anybody you've lost that you love is still there. They're still there. They just don't have a body. Paul talks about, you know, not wanting to be naked but being found clothed with a body. But he wants his new body. You know. But right now, they don't. You know, they're in, they're in the spirit realm. They're in a different dimension, but they're still with us. And what did Jesus say about that? He said, repent, change the way you think. Because the kingdom of heaven is is superimposed on you. You know, you, you have a material body, but your spirit is superimposed on you. Therefore, if your spirit is connected to every other existent spirit in the universe, you know, as far as human beings go, then guess what? The body of Christ is superimposed on this flesh body of Christ. So, you have to think bigger than just your little spirit and your little body. You have to think way bigger than that. You have to think way bigger than that. Okay. They're not lost to us. They're as much alive in Christ Jesus unto eternal life as we are. It's just we have another, an alternate reality right now in this body of ours. You know, so there's a slight disconnect in that we, we're still trying to process through a material understanding. When, we, when Jesus says, stop thinking that way. The kingdom of heaven is superimposed on you. It's the spirit that is superimposed on the, the uh, material. And Paul keeps saying, like in 2 Corinthians, look at the unseen. Not the seen. Because the unseen is eternal. It's not going to change. The seen is going to change. You know. But, but you look at the unseen. Um, so, what that, so that's first. We're eternal. You know. We're spirit beings. And we are a part of Christ Jesus. Always will be a part of the body of Christ. Once. Now we all understand here. We're a part of the body of Christ. We are. But. Every other person that's ever been here that's born again is also part of that body with us. Okay? It's just that we're the ones right now with a material body. But they're still a part of the body of the Christ just like we are. They haven't disconnected from us in any way, shape, or form. We're all still connected. Alright? Second, if you could see them, you would know them. You would recognize them and you would know them. I want you to go to Luke 16. I had the coolest, coolest little bit of revelation here. I can't wait to share it with you. But go to Luke 16, verse 20. Jesus is telling a story here. Now, some people say it's a parable, but it's not a parable. These were actual people because one of these people has a name. Okay? So start with verse 20. 
And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from a rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his wounds. I should back up to 19. There was a certain rich man clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. That's right. And then the beggar, Lazarus, was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, Lazarus. And he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And being in torment, he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now these men do not have an earthen body anymore. In the spirit realm, this rich man looked up. And he fully recognized Abraham and he fully recognized Lazarus. He hadn't even met Abraham, but he knew him. There's going to be a knowing, you know, that's beyond what we have, our capability. But he knew them both. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Now, in that story, you understand that these men are gone. They're spirit beings. So they still recognize each other and they know each other. So, so all these people that we love so much that we think we've lost, they're still intact. You know, they're still there. They're still exactly who they are. We'll know them when we see them again. You know. But we just can't see them right now. We just can't touch them right now. Or hug them right now or talk to them right now. Which, you know, I can't do that with my kids in Alabama. I know they're there, but I can't do that either, you know. But I'm okay with that because I know they're there. I think we get not okay because we don't know, you know. I think that's our biggest thing. We just don't know. Now, last Sunday night I was teaching on this and I went home. And you know how sometimes things just chew in your mind. So I'm laying in bed on Sunday night and I'm going, Lord, how come you have Lazarus's name, but you don't have the rich man's name? Why don't we have his name? And man, it popped into my head in like a nanosecond. His name's been blotted out of the Lamb's Book of Life. He has no name. Mm. And I went, whoa, that was so cool. Who would have thought it? Jesus doesn't know his name. Because it's blotted out. Wow. Isn't that cool? Just want to share that. I thought, you know, that was just one of those little moments when you go, wow, Lord, that was just way too cool. So I was excited about that. Well, you know, one time I was praying about the dog thing. Like, why why is that graphic? Yeah. You know, that the dogs, mm -hmm. even the dogs came and licked his sword. Yeah. And I was praying over that. And I'm like, Lord, why is that there? And he popped into my mind that yeah. even the dogs knew better to take care of that man. Than that man, though. Yeah, because dogs have healing. Like, That's like right. when they lick at something, it heals. Yeah. And even those animals knew to treat that man better. Yeah. Is, is what 
Kevin That's a good Hart. one. That's a good one. God is just so cool, isn't he? Oh. It says in hell where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham. So I guess he yeah. was both in hell at that point. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah, he was. He was in the upper regions of hell. Right. And he, and, um, yeah, and Abraham um, had Lazarus with him. But they, they knew each other, you know, and they carried on a conversation. So when you and I step out of this body and we turn around, we're going to know everybody that we ever knew. We're going to have a knowing, and we're going to recognize people we don't know. That's quite obvious because the rich man never met Abraham, but he recognized him. You know, we're going to have a knowing that we don't have now, you know. And um, we'll know people. So that kind of gives you a frame of reference. They're still who they are. And they're still recognizable. It's just that we can't see them yet. Okay? The third thing is this. Based on the story above, those who have left us are still connected to us. Okay? They remember their lives. And they remember us, but they don't have any sorrows or regrets connected with it because they can see the whole picture, and we can't. You know, there's no sorrow, no regret, no anything. It's just total peace and joy. But do they remember? Oh, yes. Do they know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They absolutely know. And then the other thing that we know is this. Go to John 8. John 8. Verse 56. Now you remember in... in in the spirit realm, you're just you're outside of that time space continuum. But this is what I want you to see here because it's so important. Um, John eight. We're doing it here. This is good. Okay, John eight fifty six. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and was glad. And they and said the Jews to him, Are you not 50 years old? You're not even 50 years old. How have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you, Before Abraham, I am. And they took up stones to cast at him. Okay? Those who have gone before us are still intimately concerned with the affairs of men on earth. They are not angels sitting on a cloud disconnected from us. Any more than your liver is disconnected from your hand. Okay? Your hand needs your liver because if the liver's not functioning, neither will your hand. But at the same time, the liver can't function if you don't have the hand to feed yourself. Right? To help you survive. So, even though they're not connected to each other exactly, they are. Okay? Everybody in that spirit realm, in the body of Christ, is intimately involved with and concerned with us. Because we're a part of that body. And I didn't have that concept. I had that concept that, well, there, you know, maybe I was way beyond the angel thing on the clouds. But I also saw the temple. 
And I saw them up in heaven praising God in the temple. Wherever that temple is. You know, who knows. But that's not so. There is a place in Revelations that speaks about the souls that have come out of the tribulation who are under the altar, not crouched down low, but are beneath the altar and, and pray, you know, and calling out to God for mercy. And there is that place. You know, it isn't like heaven is just a, an amorphous lump. You know, it has order and it has organization and everything in this material realm came out of the patterns of what God had created in the spirit realm. But um, at the same time, people on the other side are very much concerned with what goes on with us. Okay? If Abraham saw Jesus come and was rejoicing at that day and he's been dead for 2,000 years... But on the day that Jesus came, he was a partying in heaven over it. Then you know that everybody that has gone on before is, is interested. And even the rich man said, I want you to go and talk to my brothers and sisters. Tell them about this. You know, he was concerned, even though he's in the spirit realm, he was concerned about the material realm and the spiritual welfare of his family, even though he was dead. And that is exactly the way it is today. The people in the material realm are of great concern to those in the spirit. Great concern. And they are, in some ways, connected to us. Now, that doesn't mean they're involved with us, you know. That's when you get into this praying to saints and stuff like that. Don't go there. That's not it. That is not it. The only power that we have is the living God. That's where that's our source. And I'll show it to you right now. And this is kind of the punchline of this whole thing. Okay. Um, go to Hebrews 12. In Hebrews 11... The writer is talking about all the people who have died and gone on to heaven before us. All the saints. And, you know, some died gloriously, some died suffering, but they all died without seeing the fulfillment of what they were believing for. Well, now they've seen it. Okay. Now they've seen it. Which is awesome. But... In chapter 12, you know, there weren't chapters and things when this was written. So he goes on to say, since all these people have died, therefore, the, the therefore connects, you know, what I'm about to say with what we just talked about. We talked about all these people who have died and gone on before us, who have stepped out of their little houses and moved into spiritual dimensions, heavenly places, seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. Okay. And Jesus is intimately interested in us. If they are a part of the body of Christ, don't you think that they are intimately interested in what we're doing? Well, God has given this to me over years, but this part he gave me quite a few years ago when my, when my brother died in a car wreck um, because I just needed a, an anchor. I needed something. 
you know. But but all of this, the Lord has just kind of opened up to me, um, so that we understand what's going on here, and it's really important. Um, look at verse twelve. I mean, chapter twelve, verse one. Therefore, and this is the whole punchline, seeing that you are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, guess what? We are seated together with him in heavenly places right now. You and I are, this is the image that he gave me. First of all, let's just talk about the word surrounded. I love this word. Um, if you want the Greek, it, it would be parakamai. But it means this, all around, enclosed, encircled, and are you ready this? To be bound with so great a cloud of witnesses. All those that have gone before us, enclosed, encircled, and bound with those witnesses. So we are connected personally with them. The picture here is of a great stadium. And if you've ever been to a game, a football game, you know what I'm talking about here. Okay? Or a track meet. You know, the stadium is filled with witnesses. Filled with witnesses. Most of us old fogies have been doing the track meet before. Hey! Uh, tennis book, yeah. Um, the stadium is filled with people and um, you're up in the stands usually you know screaming and cheering and yelling and going wild right coaching even though you know it's not doing any good but always putting in your two cents worth because lord I did a lot of that yelling at the refs and everything else right okay and you are intimately involved with what's going on on the playing field. You are intimately involved with that track mate. You are intimately involved with the people competing. And this writer says, so this great cloud of witnesses is pressed in on us, encompassing us, wrapping us up, everybody we've ever known and loved and, you know, whatever. All there, pressed in, encompassed around about us. And we have a race to run. Your race is different than my race, but we have a race to run. And if you've ever competed in anything or even been in a show or whatever, you know this. You know in your mind there are people in the stands or people in the audience who are cheering you on, who know you intimately, who are wanting you to do well, who know everything about you, the ins and outs, who are urging you to do well, you know, hoping you'll do well. But you can't hear their voices. And you can't hug them and you can't talk to them. You're on your own. Except you're not on your own. The only voice you can hear is the voice of your coach. That's it. Everything else zones out. You can't hear anything. And now that I look back on the way I behaved in the stands, I'm so thankful Dusty couldn't hear me up there. You know? But um, 
You can't hear that. You cannot hear that. All you can hear is your coach. If you want to win, you're going to pay attention to your coach. If you don't want to win, you're going to do it your own way. And don't we know that? So what you and I do is, is we get up every day and we start when the gun fires. And we run our race for the day. We should be single in, in sight, focused on Jesus, listening to the coach, telling you how to run your race, how to win your race. But what you have to know is, is that everybody that you have ever loved is in those stands, pressing in around you. I don't know how that works. You know, how is it that God can focus on every individual human being in the whole world, everything he's ever created all at one time, and still know intimately your next thought? That's what's going on in the heavenly realm. Because we are a part of him. And those people, and they are people, are cheering us on, probably coaching from the stands. <laughs> you know, I mean, just knowing the nature of most people. That's what they're doing. And so, you and I, to me, what that did is it gave me a sense of getting up every day and running that race. Not, not worrying about um, all the extremities that are going on around you. But you're just going to get up every day and you're going to run that race and you're going to listen to the Lord and you're going to come to the end of the day and then tomorrow you'll get up and run that race again. But you have to know that everybody that you have ever known is still a part of you. They're still connected to you. You'll still know them when you see them. They're in the stands. They're cheering you on. We are never ever disconnected. You know, they're not on a cloud somewhere playing a harp. It's just not happening. Okay. And God never intended it to be that way. Um, now I want to show you something else in these two verses because he tells you how to run your race. Go back to those two verses. Verse 1. Therefore, Seeing that you are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, then he tells you what to do. Lay aside every weight okay, and the sin that so easily besets you. What are the weights that come on us? One of the weights that comes on us is grief. Grief is good. God built that into us. You know, you don't want to deny somebody uh, the grief. But, Grief should never paralyze you. <coughs> you should never allow grief to paralyze you because we've overcome that grief. Okay? Grief should never paralyze you. That's a weight. And there are other weights that creep up on us that keep us from running our race every day. And that's what speaks to you and me right now. We have a race to run. Okay, we have fear. We have anxieties. We have... Um, depression. We have oppression. We have all kinds of emotions. Bitterness and anger and unforgiveness and judgmentalism and criticism. All those things are weights that bog us down and keep us from running a good race. And we need to lay aside every one of those weights that drags us down. Lay them aside. Um, 
to me, the picture of that is like the track star on the field and he's jogging around and he's jogging around. But before he runs his race, what does he do? He takes off his sweatsuit. He just lays it aside. The sweatsuit's still there. You know, the problems, the issues that, you know, that cling to you are still there. But they're in a heap over here. You can't be cognizant of your sweatsuit wrapped around your body, entangling you, slowing you down. You've taken off your sweatsuit and now you're just down to your shorts and your t-shirt and you can run like crazy. So you want to take all those heavy things off and lay them aside. Just put them at the foot of the cross. Hand them to the coach. Jesus, hold, hold that. And do something with them. Because I don't care if I ever get them back. You know. That's not you. And then it says, and the sin that so easily besets us. Don't. The thing, the thing that keeps you from getting in the ditch is listening to the coach. Just listen to the coach every day and you're not going to get in the ditch. You're not going to get off the track. You're not going to fall. You just got to listen to the coach. And that sin will not beset you. You know, you won't miss the mark. You'll be right on the money. Well, <laughs> hey, cutie pie. <laughs> so you'll be right on the money and you won't let that sin easily beset you. But in the meantime, you know that they're happy for you. They, you know that they expect you to run your race. They're not sitting up at the stands going, well, you can't run your race because I'm not running mine anymore. That's what we do. We, we equivocate. Well, they're not here, so I have to deny myself. I have to punish myself. And I, I did it. You know, I'm thinking, why am I alive and they're not? Why is my brother not here? Why am I here and they're not? Um, that's, that's, that is part of that gym suit, you know, that sweat suit. Lay it aside. Because that's, that's in God's hands. We can't do anything about that. And they're in the stands expecting you to run your race, not stand there scratching your head like, where's the start mark? You know, they're expecting you to put one foot in front of the other and live your life. You know, and not just live it. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus died, went to heaven. He says, I, I came that you might have life to the full, in abundance, running over. You know, that's what he expects. He expects you to run that race and he expects you to live that life to the full, in abundance and running over. And we can rejoice because there is no sting in death because we haven't lost them. You know, we just we just lost a, a vessel. We just, you know, broke a container. But the person's still there. And we're still here. And we're all still connected. So um, when you start thinking about this in terms of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, you know, it's, it, it, it um, adds another dimension here so that you know that you, you really do live across dimensions. You know, you're a spirit being too. In the spirit realm, you know, you're still connected to that person as much as you ever were. In the spirit, you're still one, you know, in the Lord. You're still one in the Lord. It's just that that flesh body, our, our space suit, is kind of just getting in the way right now. But we can still rejoice because we've got the victory, you know. Okay, so much for that little bird walk. That was good. Well, I think we all needed it. At least I did. You know, I, I, I love people. But sometimes, you know, when you get to places like funerals, mm-hmm. people just people just say stuff mm-hmm. that boggles my mind. They mean well, but they just say things that are so off the cliff. 
you know? Our niece just committing suicide in May. Yes. My sister is still struggling. There was no goodbye, no right. love you, Ma, no there last you go. message. No. And so we are daily talking about she's with you. She lives in your heart. You're in the same. Right. You can't see her. You can't hug her. But right. She still lives. Uh, she does. In you. Yeah. She's struggling with that yeah. concept. So yeah. This was perfect. Good. Good. I, you know, I was that way. I needed a place. I needed um, something substantive that told me, you know, where Tommy was. What's he doing? What's he, you know, what's it like? You know, I, I needed to just know where he was and that he was okay. It's like with your kids, you know, you send them off to college. Well, you need to see the dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I need to see that roommate. I need to see him. Not that you can do anything about it. You can't control it, but you just need to see it. You just need to know. This is where he's going to be, so you can picture him. You need to walk the campus so you can see the buildings. So that in your mind's eye, you have a picture of where they are. That they're okay, but, you know. But um, for me, I needed that. And um, this was so, you know, he's given this to me a little bit over time, but um, Hebrews 12 came early. But um, the rest of it has just been really powerful coming. You know, so, yeah, you know, maybe you'll be able to share with somebody else who, um, you know, who's struggling. Um, I usually just give people those two scriptures, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I've gotten to where every time I sign in on a, you know, at a visitation, I just put that scripture right by my name. So that, you know, they have maybe something that God could show them, you know, what's, what's there. You know, to counteract every other crazy thing they've been hearing all day. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just, um, you hurt for people. You just, you hurt so bad. But um, we just have to know that it's just, they're just in another dimension. They're still there, all whole, intact, got their memories, got their looks. They're still the same. Everybody's still the same. And you'll recognize them as soon as you see them. And, you know, you'll know them. But um, they're just—you just can't give them a hug right now. That's the only deal. That's the only deal. But you're still connected forever. You're always going to be one in the spirit. Always one in the spirit. So, praise God. You know, praise God. Well, let me just pray for you here, Father. I, I just thank you so much for your blessings in our lives. Thank you so much for your word, for your revelation, um, Lord. I just ask that you would open our eyes to that, and that you would show us the things that we need to hear. Um, you know, in order to walk in a, a fuller understanding of who you are and that grace and that mercy that you have in you, Lord, and that great love for us. Father, we just give you the praise and the glory for that. Thank you so much. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.